heights to the depths of the sea. He wants you to have life and more abundantly. And notice what he says in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life. See, even though Jesus was and is the good shepherd, he suffered and was despised just like his predecessor, King David. King David. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jesus said it so plainly, there could be no mistake what he meant. He fulfills the ideal of shepherd-like care for the people of God as illustrated in the Old Testament and in that culture. What Jesus described as a good shepherd is actually a very remarkable shepherd. Shepherds must take risks for the safety of the sheep, but it is probably rare to find one who would willingly die for their sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he did lay his life down for us all but also intercedes for us every day. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. You ought to be pro-life. And you know what? There's some that don't like that, and I really don't care. And you know why? Because this is the truth. This is the truth. If you, I don't care what party you belong to. If you are pro-choice, you've got a big problem with God you got a big problem. And I'm, I'm not just trying to influence you. I read to you what he says. He says, choose life. And ladies, let me say something to you. Because I know that there are some in this room, when they were young and they were reckless, they had an abortion. And please understand that if you have asked God to forgive you, and if you're a Christian right now and you gave your heart to him, he'll never look upon that sin again. You've you got to know that. And he will comfort you. There's no, there's no problem there. Because you've come to him and you've confessed that sin. And what is the promise? If, he, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's some of you here today that are smarting over a choice you made long ago when you were young and foolish, like I was. You made that decision, but guess what? God loves you. If you've confessed it and you're one of his, he'll never look upon it again. He casts your sin as far as the east is from the west. In the sea of forgetfulness, he'll never look at it again. You must believe that or you're going to walk around wounded for the rest of your life. So please understand that, that that is the truth. If you're a Christian and you've done that in your past, it's over, it's done. He'll never look at it again. Why? Because of the blood of Christ. You've got to believe it. You must believe that or your relationship with is going to be stunted. You're going to walk around with a peg leg. And you're going to be hobbling around the world. Know it. Believe it in your heart. 
In Mark chapter 12, verse 27, Jesus said, He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Notice, at the end of verse 10, back in our text now, it says, I have come and I, to give life, and that they may have it more abundantly. And remember that Jesus is not just concerned about our physical life. He's very concerned about that, but even more importantly, our spiritual life, because that, eter- that determines our eternal destiny. We all have an eternity waiting for us, a destiny ahead of us. And you make the decision today based on your understanding and your belief in Jesus or not. You make that decision today where you're going to go. That's the bottom line. If you are in Christ, you're going to be with him where there are pleasures forevermore, holy pleasures, not the pleasures of the world. Holy pleasures in his presence. But if you reject him and you die, you take your last breath and you're still unrepentant, the Bible gives you no other, there's no other recourse but that you go to hell. Yes, I said that. Actually, I didn't say it. God says that. Jesus talked about hell more than anybody else. He did. It's a real place. And that's what got me into the kingdom of God, honestly. Somebody told me, <laughs> share with me my sins. That were, I knew they were my sins. A good friend approached me and he says, Rob, he says, what you're doing right now is going to send you straight to hell. And I'm like, Pfft. And then he brought out the Bible and he showed it to me in black and white. And I quivered. No kidding. I shook like a leaf. Conviction of God fell upon me. I knew I was bound for hell. And that very day, I gave my heart to Christ. I went up to my apartment room. I kneeled down next to my bed. I can see it in my eyes, my memory, just like it was yesterday. And I knelt down and I convulsively, on my knees, laying flat on my stomach at times, crying convulsively, asking God to forgive me for my wretchedness. He wants you to have life and more abundantly. And notice what he says in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life. See, even though Jesus was and is the good shepherd, he suffered and was despised just like his predecessor, King David. King David. You know, David suffered many things before he came into the kingdom, running from the hand of Saul, going through a lot of mental, losing his mind at one point, literally, And he was hated for quite a while until he came into the throne. And shepherds were never looked upon with with any kind of esteem. We know in Genesis 46 when Joseph, before they left Egypt, Joseph, preparing his brothers for what he would say to Pharaoh, said to them, when you go into Pharaoh and he says, what is your occupation? Say, your servant's occupation has been with the livestock from our youth even till now, both we and our fa- also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Every shepherd. Even in Israel, shepherds weren't highly esteemed. And Jesus was and is the good shepherd. Jesus, like David, went through many horrible things, although quite a few more horrible things, and things that we can't even imagine. Can you imagine what happened on the cross? Certainly we, you know, some of you have seen the passion of the Christ. And Jesus being flogged and being beaten, and the crown of thorns and the sword and all of those things, all of those bodily, physical things. But let me suggest to you that the greatest thing that nobody could see was what he did on the cross for us spiritually 
As he hung on the cross, I bet the devil was right there in his face, looking at him, standing right before him and going, you thought you were the son of God? Why don't you get up off the cross? I got you now. I tried to kill you when you were just an infant. I put in the heart of Herod to kill all the infants, two years old and under, to try to extinguish you, and now here you are, game over, checkmate. (laughs) And Jesus says, we'll see about that. We'll see about that on the third day. And what did he, he rose on the third day, in power and might, right? But Jesus was despised. Isaiah tells us that in Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report, um, Isaiah says, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness that when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Notice, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripe that's literally what it is it says stripes but in the hebrew it's a singular noun by the single blow what is that blow paying the price god placing upon him the sin of mankind that was the blow that did it Many people have been crucified, but only one has taken the sin. He is the only sin bearer ever. Did Buddha ever die for your sin? Did Allah, did David Koresh, did he die for your sin? Did Jim Jones, for those who were alive back in the 70s, most of us, many of us. Did the Kool-Aid make you better? No, it didn't. And all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, just as the shepherd is trying to draw us into his fold. We, myself included, went another direction. I didn't want anything to do with him. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, on himself, on Jesus, the Messiah. He's laid on him. God the Father has laid on his Son the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Notice, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus is the good shepherd. We're going to continue this. We're going to continue for a few more minutes and then we're going to stop because time is fleeting. Jesus, the good. Turn with me to Psalm 23. There's still a lot more to this message. But look at Psalm 23. We're just going to get into this briefly and then we'll stop and finish next week. Honestly, this is a significant portion of Scripture because Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. This is one of the most significant statements that he will make, in my opinion. Because we are like sheep. We've gone astray, but he has come to set us free, to bring us into the fold for safety and to care for us, to love us, to nurture us. I love that about him, don't you? Just to the compassion, the sensitivity of Jesus? Is there anybody else who cares for you like him? You may have gone through difficulty, but you know what? Those difficulties, what does that do? It brings us closer to him. It, 
it, uh, it brings us to an end of ourselves. And we have no place to look. Didn't Peter say that to Jesus? <laughs> Jesus said to his disciples at one point, are you guys going to go too? And Peter said the most amazing thing, where are we going to go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Where can we go? There's nowhere else to go. Run to Christ. Run into his arms. Run into his love. Let him embrace you today. Notice in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The means, the idea is, I shall not lack anything. God will make sure. He promised that he, I mean, there's been times where you've gone out for a little bit of time, but you've never gone without for very long. God has always been faithful to you. Even as an unbeliever, he's been a good shepherd to you. He's been a good shepherd to me. In fact, all the time I was running away from him, he was drawing me back. He was wooing me unto himself. That's what he did. People in my life were always interjecting in my life at different times in my life before I was 26, trying to tell me, Rob, you're a sinner. (laughs) And God loves you. He loves you, and he wants to forgive you of that sin. He's got a great plan for your life. Well, I've got my own plan for my life, thank you very much. I did, and I'm so glad he changed my life because I'm more blessed now than I've ever been, and it's because of what he did. I I felt like I had nothing to do with it. I felt like I was just walking And he's just clothing me and doing stuff all the time. I'm walking closer to him. And I had nothing to say other than, I'm unworthy. Unworthy and very thankful. Very thankful. Are you thankful this morning? Oh, it's so good to be thankful. Something the church, and that's part of our worship, isn't it? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Be thankful. I I like to give thanks for the roof that we had put on over, uh, what is it now, eight years ago. We had a roof put on this whole entire complex prior to that. I was one of the people, part of my job was to go around and and, and catch empty water pails. Seriously. Not just in the church here, but also in all of our other tenants that we have. They all had these uh, ceilings like we have in the fellowship hall, you know, the ceiling tiles. We had pans up underneath catching the water. This place was Swiss cheese. I felt like I lived in a colander rather than a church. I have no idea why I went down there. <laughs> yes, he is faithful. He put, this, he put this roof on, and it cost a really pretty penny, a very pretty penny. But you know what? I was so thankful, and I still give thanks to that. Because there were a number of hours every day that I spent being a water boy, emptying those pans with electric siphons and a five-gallon pail on top of a 12-foot ladder in some cases. That was always fun, standing on the top of the very top rung of the ladder with a, a five-gallon pail in one end and then an electronic siphon, siphoning water into the thing. Because have you tried to move it? I'm, I'm digressing here. Hang on, hang on. But i got to share this pain. Um, have you ever seen an aluminum pan, ladies? You know, you, the kind you, you buy for Thanksgiving and you put the turkey in the oven, those big ones like that. They're aluminum, right? And they're disposable. Try putting one in the ceiling and have it collect water for a, a week or a couple days, and the whole thing is completely full. Miracle of miracles, it didn't just come through the ceiling because it's, you know, resting on those rafters. Try moving that. You can't. You've got to siphon it. So anyway, just <laughs> pity me. <laughs> or better yet, don't pity me. All right, back to the regularly programmed message. But notice, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack anything. 
That's what it means. In Isaiah chapter 40, and, and keep your hand there in, in, in this, on Psalm 23, because we're going to end in just a few minutes. But in Isaiah 40, verse 10, it says, Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. And I love that. I love that. I there's this picture that um, that actually Pastor Jeff stole from me. Actually, I gave it to him. I'm only kidding. But it's a picture of Simeon, and he's holding Jesus in his hand. He's got this euphoric look on his face. And, and, and I've seen pictures also of, of a shepherd holding a sheep, a lost sheep that has gone away, a little lamb, and he picks it up. And there's nothing more tender and more sweet that you've ever seen than something like that. And see, that's the way the Lord does with us. He wants to bring you into a good pasture. Notice verse 2 and 3. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. In green pastures, not pastures that are yellow and, and dying. The grass is very green. It's very plush. He leads me beside those, into those green pastures where the sheep can do what? They can lay down and they can just sit there and eat. Have you seen a sheep lay on, put, put its legs underneath like this? And just kind of reach over. And... There is no pose in the world that says, I am completely under the care of my shepherd. He's caring for me. I'm a no fear of the wolves and the bears. I don't have to worry about food. It's a picture of perfect contentedness. Perfect contentedness, knowing that all the needs are met and I'm safe, I'm secure. Folks, we are safe and secure in the arms of Jesus who holds us like that lamb. Notice, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And a good shepherd will go out into the field. He goes out into the field with his sheep beforehand, and he looks for things that they shouldn't eat, poisonous weeds, making sure there's a good water source that's flowing. Not flowing too hard. You want to know why? Because if that stream is flowing too fast, <laughs> have you seen the anatomy of a sheep? Notice how close their nose is to their mouth. If that stream is going too, if it's too rough, if it's too, if it's not still, they can actually drown trying to get a drink of water. The water gets in their nose they, because their nose is right next to the mouth. He leads us beside the still waters. Still because of that feature of them. And it's still and it's clean and it's pure. And that's what the Lord wants for us. To be in his word and that's where we're going to end today the water of the Word of God. The Word of God is the cleansing agent for us, isn't it? As we read it, what does it do? It brings conviction. We find that we, we can be encouraged and cared for as we read it. We find out who God really is and who we are in the great gulf between us. And then we see the plan of redemption from Genesis to Revelation all being meted out and played out before us in our lives, in other people's lives, in the world. He's doing all of this right now. He is the good shepherd. 
And the Lord wants to bring you into that pasture of green where it's peaceful. I remember when we were in Israel this last, um, the March before last. And I remember a field there next to the Galilee, and it was a beautiful field. It was a very nice day. The sun was shining. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. Everything was in full bloom, and there we are sitting in this field. And it's just so beautiful. And I thought to myself, Looking forward to the day. When we'll be with Jesus forever. Do you long for that day? I do. I long for it. Oh, goodness. Why don't we stand? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the good shepherd. Lord, thank you for leading us all these years. And Lord, thank you that you are not finished. Lord, that you're continuing to lead us. You're continuing to draw us, Lord, into your fold. You're continuing to care for us. You're continuing to show compassion and love for us, Lord, even when we could never deserve it, even though, even in our failure and even in our sin, Lord, there's nothing within us that says, I deserve this, Lord. And yet, even in spite of all these things, you still are searching. You're still coming after us. You're still encouraging us to draw near. Lord, how we thank you for that. There's no one like that. That kind of love changes lives, Lord. Your love for us has changed us forevermore. Lord, help us to be a church. Lord, your body. Lord, those of us here at Calvary Chapel of Rochester, Lord, help us. And Lord, I have failed so much in this. To allow your love to be working through me like it should. Lord, help me and help my brothers and sisters as well, Lord, to be these vessels of your great love. Lord, to no longer look at each other with a a suspicious eye. To no longer look at each other and be sizing each other up, but rather see us all part of the flock, Lord, in this process of sanctification, little by little, little by little. Lord, help us to love one another. And Lord, send send us out into our communities, into our workplaces, into our own families, wherever it is that we are. Lord, help us to be on a rescue mission because that's what it is now, Father. It's a rescue mission. Lord, how we pray that you would just do this work in us and that, Lord God, you would have the very best of us. And Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning that hasn't given their heart to you, Lord, that this very day they would be welcomed and and they would come into the very fold of God because of your great love, how we thank you and how we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus loves you all.
That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.